Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Hispanard. A little late, but I guess better late than never. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, not a lot going on this week. Your boy went to Knott's Scary Farm. I have not been to that event in, ooh, <laughs> I want to say 15 years, maybe, maybe 13 years i don't know it 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 definitely had been a while um i had talked about this before i got a chance to to be part of the um the art show and um uh, so one of the cool things about that is that they uh, comp you two free tickets and i got to say sorry that was a little sip of something right there but uh, I got to say, otherwise, you know, uh, at at my age and speed, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know that I would be uh, attending uh, an event like that. But uh, being part of the art show was really cool. It was nice to see the uh, the art up. It was really nice to see everybody else's work. Uh, there were definitely a few, quite a few pieces that I thought were just amazing also gave me really good understanding of what the art show should be you know i had talked about it, this with the wife that i kind of didn't have any time to to put something together that was uh themed towards the show and that was really my fault i had forgotten about the deadline when uh you know during san diego comic-con then i got a gentle reminder hey this is a due date if you want to be part of the show so I just scrambled to put something together. Uh, but like I said, one of the really cool things is uh, after visiting last night and looking at the over. So this is the, the show's 50th anniversary, which that's wild that it's been going on for that long. But I um, got a chance to, to uh, get inspiration, take a look at all the monsters I didn't, uh, the wife and I went and I just did not, uh, have any interest really in going through the mazes, uh, and not, you know, not because I, I don't like scary or whatever, but it was really cool just walking around with, uh, Mrs. A. Hispanard and we got on a few, a few rides. We, uh, got a chance just to really talk about the, the whole week. I mean, we treated it like a date night with, uh, fun atmosphere you know it, the 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 way the place is done up is actually uh, definitely up my alley um the waiting in line for things uh not so much the creatures coming out and jumping at you and you know and trying to scare you that was super fun i also got a chance to i used to work at knots way back in the day when when we had our our um i think our 
first two babies, when they were still small, I I went back and got a gig there as a uh, portrait artist, which is different than a um, a caricature artist. So we had caricature artists on site, but I wasn't one of those. Instead, my job was to try to capture your likeness as quickly as possible. And I say quickly because, uh, you know, one, people had a tough time sitting still for something like that. Adults had a tough time sitting still. Forget about the kids. You know, that was even that was even rougher. But so you had to capture somebody's likeness as quickly as possible. Uh, in, in many cases, you got the basic structure of the head down and and, you know, where the proportions were for the person. And then you kind of could let let them up and and they didn't have to sit there for the entire for, you know, for the whole thing and again if you could get it done in 10 15 minutes then you're making money if it took you longer than that uh you you were you were losing money you know per minute per hour so it, it was cool to to see that uh there's a couple of spots that are still there like commons art shop which was the company that i worked for they still have a presence there uh, actually, uh, I can't remember the fellow's name now, but I took a picture of it. He's the, uh, the wood carving sign guy, uh, who used to be, uh, around the corner from us. He was still there. He was there last night. So that was cool to see him. I didn't really try to reminisce or, or remind him because he was busy. I mean, last night they, they were definitely busy on a Thursday night. The park was jumping. Um, but yeah, getting to go to see those spots, getting to see the uh, the decor. I love fog machines. I was telling the wife that last night. She was laughing about it. But yeah, I'm like, man, I want two fog machines at my house. I want to be able to create fog at all times. I love I love it when it's foggy. It, it's it, I, well, I like the whole cold weather thing, too. Rain, eh, not so much. I mean, rain's fine, but I really like cold, foggy. You know, I like that. I like that atmosphere. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was great in terms of that. I know there's been some controversy with some of the stuff that's going on with knots, but I will say this again: that uh, my just my opinion, I don't think anybody uh, under sixteen should be attending the park, and in some cases. You know, with some of the shows that they have going on, they're definitely adult-themed. Uh, I don't think anybody under 18 should be there. I, I don't think, Di I mean, Disney. I don't think Knott's would suffer at all from making an age restriction. Because walking around yesterday, I barely saw any kids. There, there were some, and that was a head-scratcher. I'm like, what parent brings their kids to this? This is definitely an upper teenage thing and adult thing but yeah we didn't we didn't see any of the shows i mean we saw them as we were walking by uh the way oh, and also this was another really cool thing they probably have been doing this for years but they didn't do this back in the day when uh when i was going to not scary farm every once in a while but they opened up the back of the house uh area which it's hard to describe, but if you're in, if you're in, um, over by Ghost Rider, they extended it past, uh, this gate that would normally be closed and not available to you because it's where they, 
uh, it's where they do storage and where they do transfer of materials and, uh, you know, it's all back of the house stuff. And so that was all open because they created mazes back there. So that was really, really cool. We did, we did walk around and take a look at all the maze spots, but we just both didn't feel up to actually going through a maze. Um, I don't, you know, like I said, I, it's, I think if it was a different time and I, and I mean, a different day of the week and I hadn't worked, you know, the, that same day, I'd probably be more up for it, but I really, I really was glad that we just got a chance to walk around, talk. We got, uh, to get some food and, you know, got to go through all the shops. And like I said, I, you know, the majority of it for us was just looking at the artwork and, uh, and hanging out together. As far as the atmosphere goes, Five sombreros all the way. I, I thought it was rad. I say five sombreros for the creatures walking around. Those guys were doing a fantastic job. Very much uh, old school from what I remember. You know, people like running and sliding on their knees. And they have these like little metal uh, uh, rollers on their knees that make sparks uh, fly. Great job of jumping into in people's faces but not touching them like you know we literally walked through every single uh land at knots so we got to see the variety of creatures in in every single one and everybody just did a great job um you, you know and every everything was themed slightly different depending on which land you were in and that was a lot of fun um for me the the uh, old west town was that's always been my favorite and and i think that kind of lends itself to the best atmosphere in terms of darkness fog lights weird lighting you know it, it's cut like the place is custom built for creepy and they really do a good job taking advantage of it i also love how the uh the creatures are sitting in these little dark corners where you could barely see something there, and then bam, they pop out and just freak somebody out. That was maybe <laughs> that was the funniest thing of all is uh, watching everybody get freaked out. I didn't talk about it with the wife, but I did think it was interesting and strange that we pretty much got left alone. We got to observe people getting scared, and in some cases, getting scared really badly, which was hilarious. But we kind of just they would walk by us, they would like make little guttural noises, but you know, keep going on to the next victim or whatever. That was uh that was a ton of fun as well. So I, I enjoyed that. Uh, so yeah, overall, I mean, I, again, I can't speak for the mazes, but I've, I, I have read and heard other people talk about, uh, they really up the ante in terms of effects and, you know, uh, the, the claustrophobia that you might feel going through a maze so apparently, you know, they're they're awesome and they had quite a few of them uh spread out across the park and they did have a few attractions uh that were available so we did get to go on those. Uh Dragon Swing is still my favorite uh to this day. So much fun. But uh yeah, so that's my uh oh and and like I said, the, the artwork if you get a chance to go before 
I think there's 27, 28, 29, 30, 31. So there's four more days. If you listen to this and you're making your way over there, definitely uh, check out the artwork because there, man, there's some really cool stuff um, that you know people made this year. And I'm actually looking forward to uh, making something really dope next year for it. Now that I kind of understand the vibe and and uh, the theming. Uh, uh, that being said. I'm incredibly, incredibly uh, grateful for the purchases that have already been made. I, I've gotten a chance to drop off artwork twice and looks like it's selling good. So, uh, you know, appreciate anybody who bought my stuff. Thank you uh, if you're listening to this. But um, yeah, that's that's it for uh, Not Scary Farm. That's my report on that. Um, the only major thing I think we have coming up uh, Geek-wise, is probably the Marvels, and currently the one thing that's going on is Loki. I have not watched a single episode of Loki. I've not felt compelled to, uh, drawn to it. I, I it, it bums me out to say, but I'm completely checked out of the MCU uh, in terms of where they're headed. And I'm, I mean, look, spoilers, big time spoilers. So if you don't want to hear this about the Marvels, if you're planning on going, I would say shut it, shut it off now and maybe come back to this episode uh, at a later date or, or not. But I, I did want to talk about something that got slipped out there that was uh, a lot of people suspect that Disney went ahead and let this uh, slip out there on purpose. Maybe. I guess I guess that might be a way to market something, but uh, apparently, uh, what I, I've I don't know if I talked about this before. I probably did not, but I I feel comfortable talking about it now because I'm not going to spoil anything. But I got the chance to see the Marvels um, over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago now, I think, and uh, based on what i'd seen uh you know i the movie was not good and the tag at the end was you know okay it was fine it was a uh, kind of a i don't want to say typical marvel tag but it was it was one so now i'm going to talk about something that i didn't see but that is a rumor that is out there and that is that they have, uh, they created a second tag for the movie, which is typical of Marvel movies. They usually have two end credit things. The second one has an appearance from apparently the Beast from X Men, and in particular, it's Kelsey Grammer's version of the Beast from the X Men. Uh, that. Uh, you know, I, I don't. Uh, some people got hyped about it online. I don't really understand why that would hype anybody up. I'm. I don't know exactly what I'm missing here. I'm not trying to be a hater. I just literally don't get it. I. I don't know what the beast could say at the end of the movie that would then, you know, move everything forward. I. Other than the fact, so let's delve into a little bit of the, the comics here. So a couple of potential things. One, you know, 
Does that set up the X-Men? In some people's minds, it does. In mine, it does not. In mine, it's like a, it just, it's a cheap cameo. Uh, you know, hey, remember, remember uh, this version of the X-Men that we are not planning on actually doing, but we're going to connect to because of multiverse? Here you go. So, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I think that's cheap. But what I'm thinking is they bring him in and then he has a, you know, a couple of seconds of talking about the incursion, which will start to, you know, put it back into people's minds again. And, and uh, what's the incursion? Well, it's one of the things that we saw in Doctor Strange 2. Um, where you saw different Earths basically smashing into each other, like trying to trying to live within the same space of of the same reality, and that will cause you know destruction for both of the Earths. So that's a a comic book thing that happened, and they're bringing that into you know what will become Avengers Secret Wars and Avengers. King Dynasty. I know Loki is dealing with the concept of that right now, but going back to the Marvels, the whole movie uh, does not deal with that. And again, I'm not going to spoil what the movie deals with. I'm not going to talk about any details, but I can tell you that that tag at the end of the movie is like a throwaway. It in regards to what the movie actually deals with. And that used to not be the case. It used to be the case that when a Marvel movie was dealing with whatever it was dealing with, whether it was Hydra or the fallout between Cap and Tony or, um, you know, Cap waking up after being in, in ice, you know, all those tags led to directly to the next thing sometimes or lately the tags now have have been either they're there for for a funny moment or they're there to give you extra closure in, in uh you know in in this regard it that's what happened with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you have not seen it, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm spoiling, you know, the tags at the end, but that's exactly what happens. One tag is a is it closes out the loop showing you Rocket with his new family and they're continuing to be the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then the other one shows you uh, Peter, uh, you know, back on back on Earth with his uh, with his grandfather. But there's not really any meaning to that, other than you know Peter's back on Earth and he's trying to live that domesticated life. Uh, yeah, the, like both tags didn't really do anything for the movie, and they really didn't lead anywhere else. They leave you right there in that spot and so what what should we do with that you know and then and it made sense because james gunn was on his way out uh and he is out and so there was nothing more for him to do 
But the odd thing about it is that usually those tags, the, those are tags from the next director that that is being handed the story baton. And that's how those things used to work. That That was the relevance of them is, hey, here is uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, and we're handing the baton off from, you know, the Russo brothers to, you know, Jean Favreau or whoever. And then they're going to pick up, you know, where those guys left off. In some cases, the Russo brothers, you know, handed a baton off to themselves, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Basically, that was the purpose of, of those tags is to keep you enticed as a, as a uh, viewer, as a fan to go, oh, and either I know exactly what's coming next or I have no clue what that means, but I'm so excited. Like, it would do those two things. And then, like I said, we started getting tags where you're like, okay, maybe that was funny or, um, you know, there was some sentiment in that, but it doesn't really move the story forward in any way. So, uh that's kind of the uh, the th- this one with the rumor for for the marvels i guess it leads the story towards incursions and multiverse and but but we're already there that's the that's the crazy and frustrating part about this is there doesn't seem to be a plan and yet there seems to be an overall arc and i don't know how you achieve you manage to achieve both and fail at both at, and fail at both at the same time you have no cohesive story running through the MCU in phase 4 and phase 5 it's all like a smattering of ideas and concepts and and nobody is talking to anybody else and some loops are tr- attempting to be closed while other things are just kind of being forgotten and put off to the side, or, or there's no connectivity in a way where things are being kept in mind. So there's that. And then at the same time, you've got uh, the overarching multiverse. But multiverse doesn't mean anything. Multiverse got introduced in the first Loki. Multiverse got introduced in Spider-Man No Way Home, multiverse got introduced early on, but they're not doing anything cohesive with it. They're not threading the needle through the story. So you just keep forgetting about it. And then it pops up. It's going to, I mean, my uh, estimation is that we're going to get, and by we, I mean the audience, those who still care are going to get to secret war and they're going to be so confused because phases one through three, it was established that there was this, this being out there that was collecting these rocks and, and he was a force to be reckoned with. So Thanos was getting set up. And that the threat of Thanos was looming over the entire MCU. And for those of us who knew who Thanos was, we were excited. For everybody else, they didn't know who Thanos was or what Thanos was. But they were being taken along for the ride 
as those little Easter eggs were being dropped off for them to be able to consume. And it was done really intelligently. Uh, you could see how things would loop back into each other. There's two two problems going on with with Phase 4 and Phase 5 uh, story-wise. Who's the bad guy? Is the multiverse the bad guy or is Kang the bad guy? And if Kang's your bad guy, why does he keep dying so easily? Why does he get killed off again and again without any uh, serious consequence? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. And so how are you supposed to fear this uh, this person that is pretty inconsequential for the most part uh, to the overall story? And same thing with the multiverse. It keeps popping in and out. It keeps being alluded to. It keeps being shown to us. But not in any kind of way where the average person, and I would say my wife, for example, is the average person. There's, It's not being presented in a way where someone like my wife will go, oh, okay, I see. Like This connects to this. This connects to that. This is how this affects this. Instead, it creates this, this confusion of chaos uh, of like okay okay who's that who's that spider-man again what is how is this relevant to to this part of the story what are they attempting to do here what it's madness it's madness and i don't get it and for some reason they expect people to get to secret war and to just be hyped about it i i don't know how you i, I mean as someone who knows what's going on i'm not hyped about it because of the way that they're going about it. Like that there's a there's literally a storyline in the comics that sets all of this up. It, it was plotted out and and thought out uh really intelligently. Why not use that instead of what they did? They, it, this is a frustrating and confusing part of all of this is it was unnecessary. It was not something that needed to happen. Uh, Marvel, ha Marvel and DC both have had the foundation for all of the stories that they need to be successful on the screen that they can adapt. That they've had them for, you know, 50 years. I mean, there's literal stories that you can mine from, um, the, the, the comic book world to adapt to the MCU and, and give it that, that overlay that you're looking for, you know, the more mature or more intelligently written or more well thought out plotline. Cause look, if you go read comics for sure, your, your suspension of disbelief has to be quite high. Um, because many, many silly things happen in com in the comic book world that would not be able to happen in quote unquote the real world. And I'm saying, you know, the real world loosely because obviously you're not going to have a giant green monster that is, you know, tearing apart aliens in New York city while he's jumping from building to building. But the, the, one of the brilliant things that, you know, they've done in comic book movies is they do attempt to give it, a more realistic overlay. The physics work, you know, a little bit better. Um, the the emotions uh, are are 
better delivered because you're getting, you know, a good quality of, of actor that is, that is given it their all, as opposed to in comic books, the, all the emotions 100% come from you. And, and, you know, there's a, a manipulation factor that the writer is attempting to do to, um, you know, to get you to, to feel whatever they want you to feel for the story. But it's just, it, it becomes a lot easier when it's given to you in, in a movie format. And uh, so all they got to do is just, a, as they did before, they just got to grab those stories and they got to adapt them. And in the case of the multiverse and the incursions, all those stories are already laid out in comics. Grab them, adapt them, fix some of the issues in the comic, you know, in the, in the comic book version, fix some of those problem problems, um, uh, cut off the fat as they save, you know, from, uh, the, the side stories. Cause one of the things that happens in comics too, is that they will do uh, tie in issues. So you might have, the main storyline and it's happening in the X-Men or it's happening in Fantastic Four or it's happening whatever. And then you also have these tie-in issues that kind of give you extra information uh, about what's happening to different characters while the main event is going on. Obviously, you don't need any of that. You just focus on the main part of the story and you know, you, you grab all the players that you need and you fit them into that and then boom, you're off and running. They've done none of that. Instead, they've chosen to tell individual stories that don't necessarily connect with one another. But the one thing that is happening in all of them is the multiverse. And again, the multiverse and incursions in of itself is not a story. It's, uh, it's like going, hey, everybody is experiencing the wind everybody is everybody's at the beach and everybody is hearing the water well yes that is true that's happening to everybody on the beach and yet everybody on the beach is having their own individual little pockets of of events and moments and stories and relations so everybody's at the beach but that's not the thing that ties them together that's the 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 scenery that everybody's you know, under or on or whatever, but whatever's going on with those individual clumps of people that, you know, a, 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 a whole story cannot be made out of the individual stories that are happening. So that, that's what it, the analogy would be like. You got, you know, hundreds of people on the beach. They're all experiencing the same wind. They're all ex experiencing the same water. They're all experiencing, uh, you know, the, the same sound, but it's just all background for them as they focus on the stuff that's going on with them individually. It's a, uh, uh, you know, that you, you can't, you can't make a story out of all that. And, uh, so yeah, it's a complete mess. So yes, like I said before, I've seen the Marvels. I, I have, uh, I have my very much, uh, my belief is that, this movie is going to underperform massively. It does not have an Avengers tie-in. It does not have a necessity to 
uh, watch this to get that's that's where they really shot themselves in the face is that that's the other thing is when you watched a Marvel movie, the reason that you went to the next Marvel movie is one to see characters that you loved two to see the connectivity of how those characters fit into the greater universe. And they were threading that story through this, this movie does not have the benefit of the first original movie, which made over a billion dollars. We were told when the original one came out, if you want to, if you want to know what's happening with Avengers Endgame or infinity war, you got to watch captain Marvel that will keep you in the loop. And that was loosely true. It turned out after I watched Captain Marvel that that wasn't really the case. Like me knowing her origin stories really didn't affect what she did in Endgame or 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 um, Infinity War. But you know they got everybody, and then again the goodwill that was happening with those movies and with the phases one through three, people went out in droves to go see Captain Marvel. The Marvels, which is Captain Marvel two does not have the benefit of that at all. There is no tie in movie. There is no giant hype machine. Every Marvel movie uh, that has come before it has either done mediocre, you know, okay, or have been straight out flops Ant-Man Quantumania does not tie into Captain Marvel. Black Panther 2 does not tie into Captain Marvel. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness does not tie into Captain Marvel. You hear what I'm saying here, guys? The the, the last three outings uh Thor. Thor uh uh what is it? Thor 3 or Thor 4? Yeah, Thor 4 does not tie into Captain Marvel. None of the movies that have come out before have any kind of direct connection to the Marvels at all. And the Marvels has a TV show with the with the 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 young uh Kamala uh Kamala Khan uh, uh Miss Marvel. I only watched three episodes of, of that show. I, I couldn't tell you if that ties into Captain Marvel or into the Marvels. Monica Rambo from WandaVision, that doesn't tie into the Marvels. That WandaVision is where she got her powers. WandaVision is where you got to, to know her a little bit, but only a little bit. Because remember, WandaVision was not Monica Rambo's show. So they didn't do any major development development of the character. What they did was they presented the character. They gave you some motivations to what the character was attempting to do. And then they gave the character abilities, but they didn't give you her backstory, like in any meaningful way, motivation. Uh, you know, she, she has a, we find out from from Miss Mar or, or you know Captain Marvel the the first movie how she's connected to Carol Danvers, but in WandaVision there's no connection to that. So 
you know, they spread all this out so far um, that it, it became, uh, I would say, like uh, almost an impossibility to, to stay connected for the average person. The average person is now coming to November 2023, the Marvels. They might have forgotten everything that happened in WandaVision. They might not go back and watch Captain Marvel to get caught up. Like the homework that you have to do to now feel like you are connected to these characters. It's just, I think it's, it's too much for people. It's insurmountable. So you either have to have a, a steel trap mind for this kind of stuff, or, you know, much like Ahsoka, um, you're attempting to, to, uh, rely on the memory of people that watched the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, or you're relying on people's willingness to go back and get caught up with that material before they come to, to this. I think it's asking too much of people. And so I think we're going to see another flop. I, I, I think Disney has two flops that are on the, uh, you know, on their way. Wish, which nobody has any kind of connection to. Uh, the design looks mediocre. The story looks cliche. And the Marvels. I think both of those next outings for Disney are just going to be awful. Um, so, yeah, that's, man, that's a bummer. So, anyway, sorry to leave you on a bummer note. And sorry for this being late. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for uh, sharing this. I love you guys. Drink your water. Take your vitamin. Eat your vegetables. I will talk to you next week.